He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hi, this is Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. We are at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, awkwardwithevan.com for old episodes. And to download, you can go to Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Please give your five-star reviews if you can. Uh, this is a special episode for me, um, obviously because of everything that's been going on and the fact that I was uh, able to get my Facebook friend on for this episode. And you're listening to the audio. We actually did a, a videos out of this whole interview. So hopefully you guys will, will check that out uh, as well as this or, or just this. But um, obviously the last several days or the last week has been insane in terms of just emotions in all aspects of life rules and curfews and protests and riots and vandalism and uh, injustice and, uh, you know, just just a lot of wrongnesses that we've been shown. And uh, I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to get a true, a true viewpoint. And uh, I talked to my Facebook friend, Princess Serrano, a young black woman that I probably never spoke to more than two seconds before today. So uh, you're going to hear our first conversation ever, and we're going to really unpack uh, everything that's been going on with this issue. We unpack Black Lives Matter. Uh, I want to get into like what are some actions we can take to get the reform that we're looking for. And, uh, you know, just to hear, just to hear where she's coming from. Um, I give a little bit of what I'm coming from. We don't, we don't match up a hundred percent and that's, that's good. And that's why we had an open uh, discussion about that. But, uh, you know, we touched a lot of important topics that were probably been circling around in our heads recently. So, uh, not going to delay anymore. Uh, this was a great talk. So this is my interview with princess Serrano. Uh, this is a special socially awkward with Evan Wexel. To those of you who are watching the video, I rarely video this, um, but you know what? It's good to have a conversation with a Facebook friend that you've never spoken to for more than probably two seconds. So we're doing, we're doing it today. We're doing it today. Yay! I'm in LA. You're in I'm, Brooklyn. Yeah, and Brooklyn. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk all our, our current events and everything else. But um, without further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome pretty self-explanatory. You, you can't have a bad life when, when you have the first name that you have. This is Princess <laughs> Serrano. Is that yes. right? Yes. Hi, yes, Serrano. That's nice. good. That's good. So, so yes, hi, guys. My name is Princess Serrano, as he said. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, originally born and raised. No and way. Yeah, but I've traveled. I've actually been a lot of places, but this is home to me. So yeah. I'm in Flatbush Gardens right now, living my best life during this quarantine. <laughs> sure. I think you know that, I think because you're in a city too, so you know that quarantine in here is pretty insane. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, on our, our states especially. So different different type of quarantine, but still it's been stressful, I think, on our states a lot. And maybe we're the I think top two. Like, I think it's deeper because, um, so New York, you know, we have to commute. So yeah. I think there's many people uh, in close proximity sure. so it's like 
if we actually go outside, we have a higher chance of getting it. Like you shouldn't yeah. even walk outside. But I'm a rebel. I told myself that <laughs> I wanted my kids, I want my kids to be like, what did you do during the pandemic? And I'm like, oh, I went out. I went to a protest. I did a lot of things. So I just want them to know that I wasn't like afraid. <laughs> do you do you think you've had it yet, or not worried about it? Actually, um, I definitely believe I had it. Um, my mom actually got it in the earlier stages back in yeah. March. Yeah. And so did my aunt. Uh, and we were really afraid. She was in the hospital for a couple of days, but she wasn't on a ventilator. She just had okay. uh, bad breathing. So. Yeah. Um, but she pulled through and so did my aunt. Uh, but it was really scary. I think the scariest thing is like the self-quarantining of yourself because sure. you go from worrying about one person to now once you're done worrying about them, you realize oh crap, I might die. <laughs> yeah. uh, but thankfully my symptoms were extremely mild. Um, yeah. I just really fatigued. Uh, I had a slight fever for a couple of days and then yeah. I recovered quickly. Yeah. I, th- I think I, I may have been more the flu. I think I had something while I was doing a show in Georgia. So I oh, think wow. I, was just, I was just like wiped out getting, I needed to definitely nap an hour before I headed off to the show. And mm-hmm. then when I got there, I was like, I'm just going to eat all the, the food the activity board put out. I don't know how I got through that show, but after the show, I could not move. I was like sitting at a table. I'm like, here, just take a photo of me eating strawberries because I'm not going anywhere for like 20 minutes. And then like, I just went straight back to the hotel, nothing else, just straight to bed because it was like chills and shivering. And so maybe I didn't have a throat thing. So I don't know if it was that, but you know, something made its way. No, I think the craziest thing is, after Corona, we stopped realizing that there were other codes. So like, right. if your throat was scratchy, oh my God, it's the Corona. Yeah. <laughs> if you were like, have a fever, oh my God, it's the Corona. Like you just freak out so much. If you cough more than three times, oh my God, you have the Corona. Yeah. It's like the Starbucks of illnesses. It's like everywhere now. It's like, <laughs> no, yeah, we're, exactly. all the mom and pop diseases are being bought up and now they're being replaced mm-hmm. with a Starbucks being put in. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But uh, you brought up in Interesting point that you um you got it. You think you got it from like eating food, like at a couple. Oh no, I I think I just had. I thought I had bad sleep the night before, but like I was traveling, so I was like on flights, and you know I was at a point in February where like maybe twenty percent of the people were wearing masks on the flight, so Uh, I didn't really think nothing of it, and I I thought I was. I mean, a few days later I was pretty fine, Um, but Mm -hmm. you know it's just you know you're on you're on the way up the curve, so. That's, That's just, cool. you, know, you, you ride the wave. I will um, say though, um, I feel like it's ending, but it may just be because of the weather. I think we're all just like, the weather's nice. It's gone now. But yeah. I, don't know, I, I don't know the true correlation between that, but I'm going to go f- hope it is because I yeah. really will. I I have definitely some like testy things to say about that only because it would be the kind of thing that like Mark Zuckerberg would say no to me on Facebook for saying. So I was going to like, I just, I just, I think like we just kind of, there's a, there's a big agreement that kind of went into this whole thing. And, you know, we were on the edge, on the side of caution, but yeah, you know, it's, it's rough because you're obviously taking a lot of healthy people and you're putting them in the unhealthy category as well. So it's, that's rough. It's just rough for, the, for everyone. So, so um, you said you went to school and we met, oh yeah, let's go over how we met. This is our first conversation ever. Maybe I commented on one post of yours like 10 years ago or something, but. Yeah, you were just like, happy birthday. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably. Uh, sometimes I just have one day where I'm like, you all get happy birthdays today. No, honestly, I'm the same way. And then there are other days where I'm like, not today. No. You got it. 
here? How did it come back? Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. I'll comment on the person saying happy birthday to themselves, saying thank you for all the birthday wishes. I'll comment and be like, right there with you, buddy. No, I'm definitely, definitely that person. Like, I've only said it now that you've already said it. Yeah. So now (laughs) we're going. When's your birthday so people can know this ahead of time? Oh, November 3rd. I'm a Scorpio, guys. Oh, my gosh. Election day. How symbolic. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? For the, it's perfect for the topic. Yeah. So totally. And now you're, you're, you've, you've already like fingerprinted that we've met at a NACA conference. Yes. Cause you went to, where was your West Virginia school? Uh, I went to Bethany college, which is. Okay. Small. Tiniest part of West Virginia. And actually what's crazy. And I think it kind of goes to what we're going to talk about today. Um, I went there in 2009 and when I came the population of diverse individuals was about four percent with three percent of them being male so there was like not a lot of black women at my college when i joined when i came in right but um throughout the years uh it started to increase and when i graduated um it was at 24 percent. and the only reason i know this is because i was the vp marketing <laughs> i was the i was vp of marketing for a student activities council so it was my job to know uh, the demographics, so I knew who to tailor to. Yeah. But I always had a hidden agenda. Like I was, we were speaking earlier. Uh, I always want to, you know, put Black culture uh, and mostly New York culture sure. uh, into spaces that they weren't before. So I was really excited to like go to NACA and see you and see Ethan and Dave uh, doing you guys as a com- comedian stuff. So. Yeah. So I went to co- high school with Ethan and Dave Adute, Ethan Fixell. Dan the mm-hmm. dude was a year older than me. That was Dave's brother. Then mm-hmm. I was there. And then Dave is two years younger than me. Ethan's three years oh. younger than me, the same year as my mm-hmm. sister. But it's funny, like Dan, you know, he does TV out here now and he mm-hmm. took over NACA for a few years, just like Dave and Ethan had their thing. Did you bring yeah, Dave they- and Ethan to your school? Yeah, they did. They came to our school and did like a uh, dating thing. Show. And yeah. I actually went to a couple of their, their shows when they, they were performing at the pit. Oh, nice. Uh, An improv. Yeah. yeah. Uh, improv. Nice. People improv theater for people who don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's hip. Uh, I, yeah. So, so that's good. You met them. And now, so now, and we, I guess, I'm guessing maybe I held up like a free hug sign at Knacker or something. And maybe that stuck out to you. And that's why we're, we're Facebook no, friends. Definitely. Or, definitely. Yeah. That's how just, I would, just know if you were dope and you got in. You got in through the I, door. But I got it's, in. A, it's, a, it's a tough barrier to get in. And you I'm got in the it. Princess Palace. <laughs> When boom! Print, boom! <laughs> it's just but, a story. Uh, it's like one big P on the front. Like you're in, <laughs> pretty much, and really pretty cursive too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's good. It's nice in Brooklyn. We're we're going through right now. Where the last few days we have curfew throughout the county, uh, six p.m. Where it's yeah, all shutting down. Put a curfew out uh, for New York City today. Yeah. So our curfew is um starting at eleven p.m., which is later than most. Um, but still it's kind of ironic because I mean, we're still kind of in the middle of quarantine. So what are you really doing after? Right. Honestly, there's nothing to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just announced it on the citizen app, which is where I get all my news because I, yeah, think. it's good. It's very <laughs> New York. I think Yeah. And I saw on your page, is it net? You're a Nets and a Knicks fan or is it just one now? Oh, I'm just a Knicks fan. Okay, um, I, I like, I like the Knicks. The Nets, but I'm still like you guys used to be in Jersey. So, <laughs> yeah. are you New Yorkers? No, totally. 
But I, I tell everyone I am not an ETS fan, so I'm not a Jets, Mets, Net. <laughs> okay, I yeah, so. I'm I'm Jets. Just I got my Jets thing on, but that's <laughs> I knew a player. <laughs> I'm friends with the former player, so. But I mean, my 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 sister went to school with like a athlete's kid when they were growing up. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna leave the Giants and go to the Jets. But you want to see the city oh, do well. You want to raise morale. I don't get people that hate one and they wish poorly on the other like while they have their it is what it is you know i think it makes for good fun when you go to the bars yeah because <laughs> i right. am the loudest yeah now now <laughs> as is in the i guess in the past the past week's been very crazy and um yes. definitely want you on i mean uh obviously i want i want to hear your experience like what had what have been the prevailing thoughts going on in your head over the last week mm-hmm. from like George Floyd dying to organizing to peacefully protesting to violently rioting and all this stuff. What's been your gamut of emotions? Is there a certain way to, to look at this from or, or what have you been experiencing yourself? So I think um, I should just start with my first initial reaction to the sure. video. Um, when I saw it, I, my, my stomach dropped because you can clearly see that he was not really, I mean, regardless of why you were, you know, arresting him, um, it just, from the videos, he looked very compliant. Right. Um, and he was not like aggressive at all. He was begging and pleading and saying, please. Um, I think what hit me the most uh, when I watched that video was the last thing he ever said, which was him crying for his mom. Damn. And that hit me so hard because, I mean, for anyone, whenever you're, like, really, really fearful for a grown man to be calling out to their mother, like, on his final breath, um, that was just, it was honestly so traumatic. But I think what I've been telling a lot of people is, um, like, when it comes down to these protests and when it comes down to, like, what's happening and why everyone's erupting. I think that, yes, Black Lives Matter. And yes, like this has been going on for so long and this is such an injustice. But what the main issue thing that I'm realizing with these specific movements as opposed to all the other movements is the bottled up energy of not just the Black Lives Matter movement, but also the pandemic. People are going through so much right now um, emotionally because, you know, people, we've lost our jobs. Um, I haven't, thank God, but um, people have lost lost their jobs. Um, People can't pay rent. And, you know, um, I believe uh, the eviction ban was lifted today. So um, people are are starting to get evicted from their homes. So it's like, yeah. So it's just like, it's just been all of that bottled up energy of being locked in and being isolated and then seeing this, I just think that the pandemic added on um, a bit of aggression, uh, a bit of like pent up energy. So I think that this outburst was really not just people being upset about Black Lives Matter, but being upset about the whole situation and and like where the state of 2020 is, you know? Um, So that's my take on the video, but um, I did go to protests. On Friday. You, you went to a protest on Friday? I well, did. How was it? What part of, were you part of Brooklyn? So I went to the protest that was on, um, by the Barclay Center. Right. And I'm going to be pretty honest. I stayed pretty clear from everyone because, I mean, it was still Corona and I just, yeah. I didn't want to risk it, you know, because um, I just, I have pets. I'm not trying to bring anything home. Um, but going out there, it was, 
it was really nice. Honestly, um, it was very peaceful when I got there. I got there at six fifteen. It started at six, mm-hmm. um, and it was very very peaceful. Uh, people were chanting, of course. Sure. But what I realized was um, pretty interesting was there were not a lot of black people. There were more uh, Caucasian Americans and Hispanics. Wow. Um, so it was very, I want to say it was very diverse, but there was a larger, large amount of um, Caucasians there. And yeah. um, I won't say like, I'm glad that they're there and I'm glad that you guys are supportive. But um, from the videos that I've been seeing, because I did leave early um, because I saw that, uh, when we were standing closer to uh, where the rest of the crowd were, there were a bunch of cops. Like there had to be like maybe like 200 to 300 cops just on yeah. this one section alone. And some were on bikes, some weren't on bikes, some were in cars, some weren't in cars. Um, but within 30 minutes of the protest, they kept inching in closer to the crowd. Oh, wow. Pushing us all in one spot. And, um, I was fearful because I didn't want to be barricaded uh, with everyone in case something happens. Right. So I crossed the street uh, and I watched as they barricaded everyone in and kind of created like a forefront circle. But people were really, really upset. Um, People were going into the the cops faces and cursing them out. Uh, Oh my God. I saw this guy. He was just pleading like, why? Like he went on his knees. Like, why would you do this? Uh, and I could definitely understand that because like, why would you do that? You know, like me, I'm a woman of color. Like that could be my brother. That could have been my uncle. That could have been, you know, and aside from just race alone, that's a human being. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a person that that's someone's loved one and, and no one deserves to be treated this way. And, and for us, we've been treated this way for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that everyone, they think of racism as just overt racism. So that's just right. outwardly, you know, um, you know, maybe yelling N words, uh, doing like verbal things, but what's been happening so far within the last 20 years is a lot of covert, uh, racism. And it comes in line with the hair. So a lot of people not being able to wear their natural hair, yeah. or um in the workplace um oh you sound really white for a black girl things like that <laughs> yeah um and i get it all the time like oh wow you speak so well did you go to private school no i'm from east new york like brooklyn Jeez. like the hardest you know roughest part of brooklyn um but i don't think that the way i speak should be a, a, a like a testament to like my upgrade my upbringing or like like your iq race. or your your quality yeah. as a human being yeah yeah, yeah. And especially in New York, like I get it all the time. Like um one time I was um in the city and this older woman, she came and spoke to me and, and she just like she kept commending me on how proper I spoke and then proceeded to like dog, like I mean she dogged black people and Whoa. I had to like I had to tell her about herself in the most polite way because I'm not trying to curse out an old lady, but at the same time I'm just like, ma'am, your racism is showing and I need you to turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> now, as as you've seen college entertainment, I mean, I don't know how much men made it onto campus, but like, like if people make those kind of like Lisa Lampanelli kind of like black jokes, like those, do you like, do you laugh at those or you just, they just don't fly or you kind of like consider the nature of the beast? Like, um, so I try my best not to be one of those people that like, like I, I, I don't lash out at people. I right. would say that. 
Um, not unless you're being blatantly ignorant. Right. Um, I think for me, a lot of my, because I have, I'm in a sorority. I'm in um, Zeta Ta also. Oh, nice. And it's, a, and it's a very predominantly white sorority. Yeah, it's um, a national one. Yeah, I'm Greek also. Yeah, very. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so my sisters, you know, I love my sister to death. But they would ask me questions about, like, my hair and why was it switching every five seconds and, you know, what are these extensions and can I touch them? And I let them touch because, you know, um, they, like, it's not that they don't know. And, and, and I have started to get a little offended because I'm just like, in this day and age, you can Google. Right. Uh, you can, yeah. But I think, <laughs> but at the time when I was younger, like, in my early 20s and, and like, young, or like, late 19 or 18-year-old, I'm yeah. just like, all right, I'll let you touch. Obviously, you're confused. You don't know what, you're, what, what, and I can like at least guide you in the right direction, you know, so yeah. I can like tell you things and, and, and inform you of things and tell you my viewpoints and hear your viewpoints. And I think for me, what I tried to do while I was in college was really bridge that gap mm-hmm. uh, in trying to like create like safe spaces for both black and white people, but mainly safe spaces for black people because again, we went to college in West Virginia. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> it was like there were some people on that campus that were just they so overtly that yeah. but I didn't let it get to me and I tried to, I was so open to those conversations. I had many diversity panels and we made so many open spaces where people can get whatever they're feeling off their chest especially in the dialogue of race. Um, and I think that, you know, it really helped because, uh, till this day, you know, there's, um, a black alliance that I started that now is black student union, but that was created by me and my peers. Right. So we created the foundation for a lot of, um, you know, black people to be able to feel just a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. I think the best comparison I've ever heard a black person say about is that being black can be a full-time job. Uh Oh, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry. Now am I okay? You're perfect. All right. So now, yeah, I was watching Pardon the Interruption and Mike, Michael Wilbon, one of the guys on the show in ESPN. He said, mm-hmm. like, being black is like a full time job because it's not like it's something you hide. Like, you can't, it's like you are that. Like, you, you're, you, you don't, you can't, like, hey, did you know that I was black? Like, duh. Like, you see that. It was, it was, I, I could definitely relate because. I joined um, the track team because I ran track when I was in high school. So I was like, oh, let me join the team in college and see how it goes. But the cultural and like the conversations we were talking about, I'm just like, I was not into it. Like all the girls were like, oh my God, you know, I just, I'm so pale and I need to get a tan. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go get a tan too. (laughs) Like, what am I gonna say to that? (laughs) Really no ways that we could really relate, you know, like you you gotta let them get their tan. I think. Yeah, just, just you know, point do them, your thing, girl. Point Go them ahead. To the salon, let them do their thing, and they'll, they'll come exactly. back. Exactly. I was the person that went to the beach with two towels because I just was like, too much sun is not good for me. Like, yeah. I just don't like it. And I and I actually burn, so that's some that's another myth buster. I actually <laughs> all the time. We're like breaking my down, burn. we're myth busting today. Yes. For sure. Like, I get so many sunburns, believe it or not. Like, oh, my God. And when I did that summer in Florida, oh, God. I had to just wear sweatshirts. I was just like, like this is just how I'm going to be in, in, in Florida because I was peeling. It was bad and oh it hurt. Gosh. Yeah, it was really bad. So uh, the sun doesn't discriminate. No. <laughs> Newsflash. The sun hates everyone. No. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it burns all. Sun's one, one big Antifa. Um, okay. Anyway, um, what was I going to ask you then? Uh, could there have been like 
a better way than did did like I mean I I don't I I look at it like I feel like the violence was not part of what the protest was. I look at it like the violence was like just some additive of people taking mm-hmm. advantage of an ex, of of an occasion where you knew you'd have a a big population. I mean, do you feel like this whole thing's kind of been like tainted because there's this whole other component of like we I just ha- so. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that um people forget that in every single protest it doesn't matter who's protesting there is going to be violence. There is going to be people who do things that was not with the cause. And also you have to understand that when people do protest, um, they have their select group that they've invited. Right. And people that they know and organizations, you know, they recruit people, but there are still outside people who like myself, like I came, I wasn't a part of any of the organizations, but I came because I felt the need to, to support um, something that I've noticed and, and I might get a lot of backlash and maybe, sure. um, I'll give you, I'll, I'll backlash you back to to balance it out. (laughs) But I think that there were some people that were going into these protests with the the direct, um, thoughts of creating violence and and being creating ruckus. And also it's not just the protesters who went in with that mindset. There were cops that went in the same way. So, so there's violent that people are going to be violent on both hands. And I've been telling everyone like throughout this entire week, as we've been uh, Facebook beat battling it out. Yeah. Um, I was telling them that, you know, this is a really tragic situation that's been going on for 400 plus years. We have not gotten it right yet. Uh, and we've had some progress, but you can't tell someone how to react. You know, you can't, right. you can't create a situation and then say, okay, I don't want you to be too upset because huh. you know, like you can't do you can't do that you can't tell people how to react to things they're going to react the way they're going to react and um you just like it's just a part of life like that's just any situation and not just with these protests like if you smack someone do you think they're just going to sit there and be like ouch that hurt like right no some people are going to be really upset so you can't really you know like try to control that and i think that what i'm seeing a lot on on facebook is a lot of people are upset because sure. of the, all of the violence. And I understand. I understand that, you know, no one wants to see violence. But the thing is, we're out here because of violence. Right. We are literally here because there is a, a certain group of people who are making, who has made it their mission mm-hmm. to hold us down right. uh, and to oppress us on so many levels, both financially, uh, like social, social, economically. Like, right school wise like they've they've been holding us down or trying to at least mm-hmm. and enough is enough i'm just hoping that something comes out of this you know i'm wondering what the demands are that's what i was going to ask you i was going to ask you like i mean i saw like i think your last post had a, a i went to the petition for black lives matter and there were like the three things you wanted to do i, I don't remember them off the top of my head one of them i think was like to defund the, yeah, defund, defund the yeah. police and, pull it up. yeah i want to pull it up that's fine. Because obviously, yeah, we, we march for change. We wear our black patches for change. Kobe wore the I Can't Breathe shirt for change. How do you, mm-hmm. how do we, le- the thing is like, how do we legislate it? It's sometimes we get caught in the like, w- the idea phase and like mm-hmm. the, the actionable steps get left behind mm-hmm. every single time where like, and the thing is like the news will never give you the solution. Yeah. They'll just be like, okay, here's another shooting let's talk about gun reform or here's another, you know, protest. Let's talk about uh, police brutality, but like what, yeah. Actually, like, does the, ma- does the petition. Me, 
what I, I did sign the petition. Um, yeah. Something that I, I'm thinking they need to do is they need to reform, um, like create some type of procedure where police are being policed. Um, yeah, like an indoctrination. Yeah. Yeah. Like like in, or like a code of conduct thing. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking because uh, with the, the the gentleman who killed uh, George Floyd, what's his name? Chauvin? Derek Chauvin? Derek Chauvin. Yeah. Like Chauvin? Yeah. Fuck him. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave um, it in because I like you. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, he um, has had a history of, of they, they said that he has the most deaths uh, through Whoa. interaction and was reported for it. Yeah, he had like when they looked in his in his background and, and, and like the reports. So people have been reporting him for years and and he has been getting away scot free. So it's just like there are so many other cops who've been reported and nothing's being done about it. What's the point of having reports if you're just going to brush them under the rug? There needs to be like real ramifications. I want you to lose your pension. I need you to lose your job. I need you to lose something that makes you really feel this. But the only fear is if they yeah. lose their, they're going to be create like more hate. But I don't care. I need like a sentiment. Yeah. If you're if you're if the lawsuit comes through and you're held liable, yeah, it can come out of a pension or because right now yeah. there's only like jurisdiction within the police department itself. I guess you could create like a, a centralized um, mm-hmm. review board of you yeah. know, experienced police officers reviewing case, almost like a maybe a Supreme Court of Police. Uh, I, in, in I think it some needs regions. to be done on a federal level, yeah. Because I think for all cops, they, they all act on a very um, like city by city. So it's like yeah. it needs to be a national, a federal law needs to be passed to really, really uh, deal with these types of men women or whomever sure like something really needs to happen and and i think what's upsetting is that we always have these protests we always have these marches and i know that they're doing a lot of things on on behind the like behind the scenes yeah but i just need it to be more on the forefront i need a lot of people to start making the demands and i don't think that we really make like true grit demands and that's kind of like have been our downfall is we meet up Right. We, we protest, but then like, I guess there's like, probably has to be steps where it's like, how can I meet with my representatives to yeah. like bring something forward? So it's not just like lobbying special interests. Yeah. And whatever. I was just about to say that, like, that's literally the most I've ever seen is a lot of lobbying. Um, but I mean, there has been some changes. I think yeah. we've been battling a lot of different changes. So in New York, I'm sure you've, you're familiar with the stop and frisk. Yeah. Uh, and I know that a lot of cops have tried to, not cops, but, um, who was it that was trying to bring it back? I think Trump was mentioning it and trying to bring it back. And I think yeah. even Pelosi was like, no, you can't, <laughs> don't, don't bring that back because it, we just abolished it for a reason. Like there's a reason why we're not doing this anymore. Maybe like the mayor, did Bloomberg start it? And then maybe, or did Blasio stopped it? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. I but I think that's everything we do probably, I feel like we should Google. Maybe we'll get <laughs> And, and, I don't have an, I don't have a research intern yet, so we're gonna <laughs> in the comments. No, let me know. All right, we're gonna take a little break from my talk with Princess. I'm gonna get you back uh, pretty soon. Just want to give you a quick uh, ad, I guess. Let's <laughs> just not even skirt the issue. Uh, just if you guys can support this podcast, uh, I love talking to my Facebook friends. 
and for the first time in most cases. And uh, one way you can help keep this going is by going to patreon.com slash funnyevan. Patreon is a website where creators like me can be supported like by people like you only for like even like a dollar a month. Uh, you can help cover my costs, um, make it more able for me to improve the quality of this podcast and uh, get the friends that you want to hear from or just the people you want to hear from. Um, so there are lots of tiers you can join, $1 a month one tier five dollars a month another tier uh i'm giving out consultations i'm giving out uh, title sponsorship there's even an awkward with evan uh t-shirt that's out and uh, i'm gonna make that a new reward tier so there's a, a lot you can do and a lot you can get from helping out the podcast so without further ado though uh, let's get back to princess give you some points later on yes. i can email them and you can recite them at a later date and yeah. time but, but the point is there has always been little stuff like that stopping for us, like little, little things like that, that have been specifically geared towards like profiling. Yeah, exactly. National profiling. Like, did you see, uh, the central park five, uh, and all of these cases are now coming to light, but in the eighties, this was all the, this is literally all they were doing. And now we're just shining light on it. Like, did you think that, um, NWA made the police because they just, (laughs) We hated the police. Like, yeah. no, this has been going on for such a long time. Yeah. And if you really think about it, um, because like a lot of people are saying like, well, why don't you guys like build your own? Or they say like, leave the country if you don't like it here. That's, um, yeah. Like I get taught that like I, I, I ran for office in California just cause I didn't like what's going on in California, but I have like friends that are leaving California. I'm like, dude, once they're done with California, they're going to come to your state too. They're going to make it. They're going to follow you there. But yeah, we, we definitely need to, you can't just like bail from the country. I mean, I, I'd love to live in Sweden as much as the next person, but you know. Well, my thing is America's all I know. Yeah. So how can you tell me to leave my home? Right. This is my home too. And I think that they're not realizing that, or some people are not realizing that we have been here for 400 plus years now. Mm-hmm. We're here. You can't tell us to leave. We yeah. are here. You leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't tell us to leave, you leave. I have some so, extra miles you can use because my flights were all canceled. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Do not get me started. I'm devastated on all right now. We're not gonna get into that conversation. No, no, no. Yeah. The tears will stop falling. No. But no, like really, like honestly, I just don't understand why they say what they do and like like where do you want me to go? Like, no, I'm not going anywhere. This is my home. You have to deal with me and you need to just, you know, stop being so ignorant. Yeah. Who we are and also just get to know us. But I want to ask, um, what is your take on everything that's been going on? Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I would say let's, there are some good visuals I've seen out there. Um, but I do know there's been things popping up where they've, they've had like these like pallets of bricks and stones found on like the street. Mm-hmm. Like they were, like they were put there like the day of. And so that way, when the when they make it to your town, oh, pick up a brick, throw it through a store window. Woo! I I was going to talk about that because um, and this is kind of what's going to lead to um, when I was saying that there were a lot of white people at the protests. Yeah, <clears throat> there were a lot of white people who were vandalizing, and I don't think that they were there for the cause. That's right. And maybe there were some black people too. I'm not going to say that no. it's one race over the other, but I will say that there were definitely some people who came with a direct intent. And I think that, I think that like those pile of bricks and like those people who are vandalizing, there was a video of a woman who was literally filming 
two white women vandalizing state Starbucks. First of all, right. We're not going to vandalize Starbucks. Like, like that's yeah. not like the prices like, are well, the prices. Just deal with it. <laughs> make it extra, get a gift card for your birthday from Starbucks. Thing, what am I going to do? Break the window and make me yeah. a coffee? Like there's no, there's no gain there. <laughs> there's, no, there's not even any nice graffitiing. No one's like graffitiing hearts or promo codes for Amazon. You know, it's like, <laughs> this is all vile. No, but it was, the video really showed, she's like, stop. Like we didn't ask you guys to do this. Like I understand that you want to be with us and, and I get right. that. But even me, like when I go out to protest, I do not go out with the intent to vandalize. Right. But do I frown upon the people who vandalize? No, I don't. And that is wow. something that, like I don't because um, like I've been saying, you can't control someone's anger. Like you might see it as a protest, but you don't know how long that rage has been sitting in someone's body. Right. You don't know what they've been going through. You don't know who they've lost. It's more than just cops brutalizing, brutalizing us because yes, they're like George Floyd died, but there's so many broken homes because yeah. they have been for about 30 years arresting our black fathers, our, our men, our leaders. I can tell you that I am a product of a single mom. Yeah. And it was solely because there were just not a lot of male figures uh, who were able to, you know, not be arrested or be harassed by the cop. And yeah. she did live in a different time because she was, she was born in the 50s. So she was raised right in the middle of the integration settings. And she could tell you stories about Brooklyn and how she couldn't walk into neighborhoods in Brooklyn without being chased out by bat with certain races and mostly yeah. white people. So, so like we have been on this uphill battle, you know, for a very long time and we are tired and we are frustrated. And I know a lot of people are saying like, well, slavery happened so long ago. And once integration started, like it's, we're all good. We're fine. Like racism is over. But as I've been saying, covert racism is the new racism. Uh, yeah. The criminal justice system is the new Jim Crow. And right. everybody can clearly see it, that no matter what year it is, the goals and the mission has always been the same. And that is to oppress people of color, not just black people, brown people, yellow people. Right. It's to oppress people of color. And it should not be that way, especially since we've all been... Uh, like there's a lot of mixed babies and we've all been intermingling. Sure. So like at this point, you know, you have to have someone that's black in your family. There is no pure whites anymore. Like at right. this point, like, so just stop it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also, there's also some good visuals sometimes whenever I can find stuff that can, can kind of calm the storm. Like I saw some good stuff where, a uh, bunch of black men were protecting a police officer who was separated I from his it. group. I was so or, happy. Or that. the guy, like they're hugging uh, mm-hmm. police officers, white police officers comforting a black black male, and they're like, you know, it's all right, we'll hug it out. Or, or the there was kneeling, yeah, yeah. And there was one where I think you know they turned a protest into like a barbecue in like Kansas. <laughs> they turned like yeah. a, so that was. I think it's always good to find that stuff and share it as well. It's just. It's rough. It just it just pushes so many buttons, and it's just kind of like you know you're just putting another layer on the cake every time. Yeah, I always get really nervous when I repost stuff because, um, like, when I see something that I agree with, I'm like, yep, that's I agree with that. Like, I think I posted something today, and it was like, um, hold on, I'm gonna read it because it actually sparked a lot of controversy. (laughs) Sure, Uh, and I had like a lot of arguments. Safe space here. But I, it, it was a post that said, Dear white people, stop using Dr. King Jr. as an example of peaceful protest. You shot him too. Uh, and 
that's that's heavy because it's true. But someone was kind of like um, countering me and, and, and saying like, we don't know if it was actually a white person who shot him. I'm like, dude, it's on Wikipedia. Cool. <laughs> like, relax. Like, everybody knows. And regardless of that, you know that he was killed or assassinated. So it was definitely planned. Right. Assassinated because he was protecting black people. Right. Like, and fighting for our rights. So there's no other reason why you would have killed him. I wonder mm-hmm. what he would have been like had he been alive yeah. today and been able to fulfill yeah, the thing. His family's, yeah, his family's alive. Like, obviously, I don't know if the wife is still alive. I'm not I sure. I know the daughter is still alive, yeah. and she's actually been tweeting out a lot of stuff, oh, uh, just pretty much saying along the same breath of this post that, like, don't quote my father if you're not really for the cause. And, and that's, like, her energy on it, and I, I respect that. Yeah, and I saw a document come out in LA. They like had a. I saw spreadsheets like support these black-owned ret- restaurants, which mm-hmm. is kind of tough because with the viol- vandalism, like I had a friend. They own a they own a clothing store in in LA, and like they were vandalized. They lost some merch. Mm-hmm. Didn't look that bad, but the thing is, like some of these businesses, you're just throwing bricks in them, and some of them are black-owned businesses. So you're looking at like th- this is like a black person that put his whole family's life savings into this restaurant, and then they just you're setting it ablaze and I'm, ho- you know, I'm, ho- I'm assuming a lot of these people have insurance, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's tough. Like once it's like, one, if you want to, it's like the levels of vandalism, like you want to spray paint something, you want to get a message out, fine. But if you want to throw a brick through a window, that's something else. If you want to throw a brick through a window, then raid the inventory, then pull it out. Cause in target, yeah. like a lot of those, those TVs are, are tagged. So you yeah. can like, track down who's taking them. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's just going to, it just, man, it, I feel like down, in, in the long run, I, I don't, it, it's rough. It's rough for me, but I mean, I get it. I get, I get the pain. I get like, you know, like what's going to happen when this happens again? Cause we're going to keep filming it and we're going to mm-hmm. keep showing it. And if, and if there's no like extra regulations or oversight put in, you know, mm-hmm. you're just setting yourself up for more. So I'm actually rough. trying to find a post that I saw on the sure. shade room. And it was about uh, a gentleman who, who, in Minnesota, he owned um, a restaurant. It was a, a Thai food restaurant, I believe. Of yeah. course, I did that. Uh, and pretty much what he was saying, he wrote like, "Yes, my bu- my my business has been ruined, and it's okay." I really want. I feel like I would butcher it, but he was just speaking along the lines that, "Yeah, I lost my business today, and yeah, you guys destroyed it, but you know what? I'm gonna be able to rebuild. I understand." Right why you guys were doing what you're doing and I support you. He said, don't worry about me. I will be okay and we will rebuild. Uh, and I think it was really big because he was saying this around his daughter and his daughter even quoted him like, you know, he understands that this is not just about the violence. Right. Like the, this protest is so much bigger than just the riots. And, and, right. and I think that that's what's so upsetting about, you know, everyone's arguments is how are you so, and, and it's been this way with every single protest we've done, even when, when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, Yeah, who were so quick to judge like the negatives of the protest that they didn't even stop to think about why they're, they're hurting like, and why, why this protest is even taking place. Yeah. And what's even more upsetting too is they're telling us, oh, you know, that wasn't a peaceful protest. We kneeled. All <laughs> we did was Neil right. and you guys about had a pity attack. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just like, it doesn't matter what we do. You're always going to be upset when we say that we're upset with what you've always been doing. Yeah. And, it can, and can, that could have been construed as an act of honor. I feel like if you're kneeling, like you're, you're still honoring the flag, but 
No, yeah, there was it, no it, honor in the meal. Don't hold that. No, no, no that was backlash. <laughs> no. Okay, I have my first no. faux pas. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> there was definitely when we were kneeling we were kneeling because when you when you pledge allegiance to the flag you are pledging your, your nationalism to america right and i think the point of us kneeling is that we do not like we don't like or pledge our allegiance to a country that does not give a, an excuse my french give a sure. fuck about us sure you know like, and you've shown it. You've shown that you don't give a fuck about us. And like, there's, there's few, like, I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of white friends. I have a lot of mixed friends. My roommate was right. Well, she just moved out. She was really afraid of the pandemic. <laughs> the Texas actually. Yeah. But, but, um, but the point is we are not here for all of that. And I can speak on behalf of so many black people when I say that we just want to live. We yeah. just want to do normal things. We like want to freaking go jogging without being chased down like animals. Yeah. You know? And I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, in every race, there are bad apples. But, and I think that that's what a lot of people are trying to say when they talk about the good cops. And I do respect the good cops. And I know that they're good cops. But the problem is there are so many bad cops and they have so much power. Mm-hmm. And they have so much will and they can do so much that it is hindering and scary. Yeah. That have someone with that much power, the freedom to kill, the license to kill for no reason. But, you know, yeah, that's my thought on it. <laughs> no, yeah, We did have a similar, uh, when you were talking earlier about the protests, we had a similar thing where people were protesting the lockdown up in like the capital, the California, Sacramento. And they had the same thing. They had, they had, it was, in the beginning, it was all nice. Even the mm-hmm. cops weren't wearing masks or anything or social distancing, but then they like switched out and then they switched in the SWAT team looking cops and they started just like inching forward and they were like starting to like arrest mothers and it was just so off. And yeah. like, what do you do? We're not, we're just protesting. Like we're not, yeah. It's so, like, on the other, uh, like everyone's saying, you know, this is the start of a race war. And I mean, is it? Because Truthfully, will we be able to win? We're civilians at the end of the day. No, the and I, I don't think there wants to be. There's no, the good people, good, there's obviously there's definitely more good people than bad people in the world. And I don't think that we, no one wants war. Um, but it's, it's, it's more about the opportunists that are trying to just like, there's always in any conflict, you mm-hmm. need a third, you need a third person, you need a third mm-hmm. party. So mm-hmm. um, that, that third party is having fun. Ugly. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've been on, I've been on tons of, I've been on tons of campuses where, you know, race ain't no thing, but, uh, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this makes me an idiot. I mean, I wrote it. I love one of the best songs I wrote was a song called I want to be black. I wrote this song in like 2005 and it was just like having fun, pop culture references, anthemic, mm-hmm. love it. Um, and go on. I, I, but I try, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do that. It's like, it's not making, it's not making fun not of the, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not Justin Trudeauing it or, or any or Jimmy Fallon-ing or whatever. I'm not impersonating Chris Rock in it. Um, I did learn my lesson, though. I mean, I, I as a comedian, as an early comedian, you you take risks, and I knew yeah. that you know some of that song had to be rewritten after its origin as its initial stage. So I was like, uh-uh. Jason bars is that? <laughs> it, 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 I know it doesn't fly. It doesn't fly in public sometimes. So you gotta you know you gotta remix it, and you always do as a comedian. You gotta remix it and 
But well, let me get four bars. Let me hear the song. Oh, it's amazing. It's on iTunes. It's like, it's like I want to be black as the first African Jew. I want to be black. Apollo should have won in Rocky 2. Mr. T should have won in Rocky 3. Why did God kill Apollo in Rocky 4? Rocky 5 never <laughs> happened. But in Rocky Balboa, Black Fighter won. There you go. Boom. <laughs> and then they got back. Oh and then Creed. We got two, two of Creed after that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Actually, my I've played that song in a in an all black poetry club. It was great. It was it was a big hit. That's <laughs> funny. And uh, no, I think there's actually a touchy subject with that because yeah. um, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of these people, these people, yeah. love our race, love our culture. They love our music. They love our dance styles. They love our hairstyles. Look at Kim Kardashian and her braids. Right. Girl, you know your hair don't braid like that. Like, <laughs> like they they they're always culture appropriating, but they don't want to protect us. And I think that that's what's so disgraceful about like stuff like that. Like, don't want like they say it. Everybody wants to be black, but nobody wants to be black. Right. And there's so much weight in that st- statement because why is it that you're okay with listening to our music? Why is it that you're okay with wearing the clothes that we wear and you see us as this fad, but you right. don't see our injustices and you, you're so blind to, you know, the end, well, as I've been saying, the covert racism. Right. Like, I just don't get it. That's, uh, I did write it. Yeah, I even wrote a second second song that I don't I even want to play it in public yet but it's like it's the whole concept of like you can call me like a nerd you can call me a loser awkward but don't call me racist because I have one black friend and when and I don't I have more but I don't know if I can get away with that in a public place that's, that's more just writing to the concept that's actually a triggering uh statement these days yeah uh uh, people feeling like because they have one black friend that right. that justifies their actions uh, or uh, having one black friend. So you feel comfortable saying the N word or uh, kind of like, that's kind of like me using a passport for being black, you know, like, right. Oh, well, this is my, my token. This yeah. is my interest. Don't you see it? Oh, like, I've no. had many, many a punchline where, um, where I have like my fraternity, like maybe it's all white. Then there's this one black kid. And I'm like, number six thing about our chapter, we have him in our chapter. So we're not racist. Yay. And then everyone like, cheers. yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to name any frats, but yeah, I was, I actually heard it in my sword. It'd be like, like some of my sisters would be like, yeah, I could say the N word because you know Prin is here. So, and oh, I'm I, just, ain't, I ain't going near that. I, I, I'm, I'm I, restrain, I have a restraining order against the N word. I'm not going within the fifth. I'm not. Oh my god! Can we talk about how I believe "thug" is a new N word? It's strange. It's like because you had Obama used it during the Baltimore riots a few years back, and then Trump used it. It just, I mean, there's just some things you got to stay away from. It's rough. It's rough because yeah, it has I a connotation. It's, it's such a, um, it holds so much weight on a type of person. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think stereotypes in general are really, you know, a tough thing to deal with. But that word thug and the way that Donald Trump used it, he was using it as a euphemism for another word that he wanted to fill in, in my opinion, okay. uh, to talk about the types of people. And it's just, I, I was saying that the word thug coming from a president is such a triggering word. for an entire race who's already hurting. And I think, truthfully, his response to this entire situation has just been 
it's still sickening because yeah. you're our president and you should not be this way. You are supposed to be the one uniting us and, and unifying us yeah. and kind of trying to find, find the middle. Yeah. But he's been talking that talk, you yeah, know? Pretty partisan. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's really scary that this is the world that we're living in. And, and like, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. Like, what, what's next? We had killer hornet bees. We had a <laughs> We lost Kobe Bryant. We, oh. like, 2020 is ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is I, such a bad year. I don't, I don't know. I mean, hopefully once the election is over, things calm down. And God, the election, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. I, I think <laughs> it's just all this, it's, it's weird, weird timing. It's all kind of coming to a head here. But you know, oh, what'd you think about Joe Biden's comment uh, to Charlemagne? Oh, oh, you ain't like, yeah. Oh man, black it's kind of it's it, it's funny because like I have some black Republican friends, mm-hmm. and there's even some like black Republican talking heads. I'm 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 pretty impressed with. I mean, I don't know if if you don't like her. I I'm I've been pretty impressed with what Candace Owens has been saying. I don't know if you know her or what she's uh, been saying. No, I don't. What she's she's a she's a she's a she's right wing. She's heavy right wing, but. She's not as much of a turnoff if you listen to like a, a strict right winger. Like she'll, mm-hmm. she has this like empathy and this like down to earthness, and she has a sense of humor kind of built into everything. Where she's just, uh, she kind of tries to open people up to that stereotype with what Joe Biden said. Like mm-hmm. if you're black, you have to vote for me. That's just that's just beginning and end. So well, she, I mean, yesterday she tweeted. Uh, this is but she, she Candace Owens doesn't pull any punches though. She'll, she'll oh. sometimes she said some nasty stuff. That's well, that's rough. And that was in, last night. De Blasio's daughter was arrested at a protest in NYC for barricading traffic and re- refusing right. to move. Democrats are scum. Vote them out. First of all, how does that correlate? No, she she'll 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 she definitely has. They're not all they're not all pretty pictures. Uh, yeah, but some of the stuff like if she ever hear like testify in front of Congress. Um, she's she's powerful. I mean, she's a powerful black woman. So I, I mean, I'd love to see her speak in person. But um, you know, I I obviously don't want conflict. That's the thing. I'm a huge Angela Rye fan. I think that she is my girl. Yeah. Is she? I don't uh, I don't know her. Where's she, where's she based? Uh, she's a, a like she's like one of those talking heads on CNN. Um, yeah. she's an African American woman, and she yeah. speaks mainly on the black agenda uh and she's for trying to push our agenda and uh if you've ever seen her in any of those debates on cnn i mean yeah she she can put a man in his place nice (laughs) i'm just like wow that woman's strong but yeah i like her a lot um but just reverting back to that uh joe biden statement i just yeah what do you think when you heard it was it i just don't think that that's something that you should say yeah, he's just trying to impress. You know, like, should... handling. Don't do it. Nah. That's not how you're going to get us. Don't call, firstly, don't call me out because we're not even too fond of you right now. <laughs> so. he, he was, I feel like he was almost like trying to like do his Trump shtick during that interview. Like I could try I, to be like, I could talk like, off the top of my head. And, no, I uh, think he's doing uh, what we talked about earlier, which is I had a black friend and for him it was Obama. So he's like, yeah. I have a black friend, guys like right. me. And I'm just like, no, dude, I don't know you. I knew Obama. I don't really See, I wonder what would go, what happened if I played that new song, I didn't, the, the One Black Friend song, and I played it from like just something Joe Biden wrote, and I want to just play it for him, for <laughs> you guys. 
and I can, and I make, I make up in the song that my friend's name is Martin, but I can make it up like my friend's name is Barack and I can just, I could, that, that could make it okay. It would be, I wouldn't know. I would need to, I did play it once for a crowd that was 20 people, mostly white. And it definitely like tightened them up like right away. Like we can't, we can't, but that's the thing. Like, well, send me such, the lyric, but let me proofread them. I did because that's what I did. That's what I did. I I asked like a few black of my few of my black friends, like, what do you think of this? Because I know it's. I don't even think it's offensive. I think it's it's more about standing up. It was in. It's a tongue in cheek song. I'm not like a heavy comedian. I'm not gonna like. I'm not off to get myself like suspended on Twitter. But mm-hmm. it's the the point of it is like, it's just like me, tongue in cheek, standing up for. It's like I sing about attending a BLM event in the song. Like I'm doing it. I'm there. Like I'm I'm with you guys. Can I ask, um, what does it feel like for you to support the BLM movement? Do you support the BLM movement? Do you I, have you supported movements? I I haven't gone to like BLM events, but I mean I want virtually. I no, yeah, virtually. I mean I have and I would I I appreciate I just want I don't know like what I want to definitely have actions. That's the thing. I want mm-hmm. us to definitely whatever we want, I want us to do it and I, I want us to do it with with some like an action plan where I mean I understand why you're saying like you understand the vandalism. I wish there's a way mm-hmm. to do it without the mm-hmm. vandalism, or if there was a way maybe to show up or even like say like we're at a public event and then all of a sudden everyone at the same time holds up a sign or everyone yeah. at the same time like puts something over their head. Or something like mm-hmm. that could be more powerful. Like I feel like, you know, like you see, like Le- I wish like LeBron maybe like stood up more for like in when when that whole China NBA thing was going on, it was mm-hmm. a human rights thing. And right now, mm-hmm. what we're dealing with is a human rights thing. And I yeah. just feel like we all have these native human rights that are being overlooked. In Cal mm-hmm. in California, I went through all thirty, written by Eleanor Roosevelt, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. California is mm-hmm. lucky if they're abiding by ten of them. Oh, so, man. so I just think it's, it all comes but imagine down to like, those rural cities, how many they're actually abiding by. I'm actually afraid to travel sure. or move out of New York, like, because sure. we're well, not move out of New York, but if I do move out of New York, I would only be moving to another city because right. I don't think that we would be safe in other States. I had a friend who she lived in a deeper part of West Virginia and she was my roommate at the time. And she was like, um, you should visit my house. You know, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful town. She's like, you know, I was like, well, how many black people are in the town? I have to ask because I need to know. And she was like, Oh, well, there were a couple of black families there, but, uh, there was an incident. And so the town ran them out, but you're going to be with me. So it's going to be, hold that. I'm not coming. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why did you say that in the same breath? Are you bugging? No, I'm not coming. (laughs) I wouldn't go on principle. Like, (laughs) But it's just like, that's really how it is. Like where we were uh, on our, where our campus was, there was like a back road. And when you drove on a back road for about five minutes, you yeah. actually just see what, in my opinion, looked like an entire, like, I don't know, neo-Nazi, KKK like, setup. There were tents yeah. and there were like lots of Confederate flags yeah, uh, just hanging like in the woods. And it looked like a hangout ground. And this was 10 minutes away from our campus where they're now recruiting more black pe- black students. Right. I went to so many town hall meetings to try to fight removing them. I right. was like, I don't think that they should be this close to the campus because while we're safe on campus, what's going to happen when I drive right out to get, get food, you know? Right. I'm trying to go to Kroger's and I'm getting got, you know? Like, 
I was just like, this is not something like when you are trying to recruit and create this like diverse and, and uh, you know, integrated space, you need to think about all of the facets of what you're trying to do. And that does include, you know, at least at the very point, like 10 minutes away, you know, what might be 10 minutes away. And if there's a group of people and I've heard them chanting, Mm -hmm. I would not drive after midnight on those dirt roads. Like you would not catch me, but that's our reality. And I think that that's what people don't understand that while there's so many people in America who can just travel freely, we are not one of them. Because we're there, this you know underlying fear sure. from both cops and you know civilians, right? And it's a weird balance because you want it to just be be how be how you be, but at mm-hmm. the same time, don't you, like like Bill. Oh man, Bill Riley is such a piece of work. But like, don't don't be like, oh, it's great that you're here with us, isn't that? Isn't it great? Like, they'll, they'll like pander. Like, don't. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, don't be like yeah. like here's some some exhibit somewhere. It's like. You just got to treat, treat human general, human conduct is what's needed at this time. Mm-hmm. So that's I will the thing say, I, sorry, what's good yeah, about go me is that, um, so I've done lots of internships and I've been able to live and travel in different places. So mm-hmm. I've lived in Maine, I've lived in West Virginia, I've traveled all throughout Ohio, throughout Pennsylvania. Uh, I've been in Georgia. I've been to many places um, throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say it is lighter than I guess it has been in the 60s. And I yeah. like, Luckily, I have been one of those people, I guess, and this is going to sound so fucked up because I don't yeah. want to be a person, but I'm that safe person right. for a lot of my friends. Like, she's black, but she's that different kind of black. So that, you're the passport. Yeah. Always. And I don't mean to be, but yeah. it's just, you know, that's my personality. I'm a dope individual. And yeah, like, it's, it's, not my, it's not your fault. You're awesome. And the thing I didn't like, like when I saw the... I was I was okay with people protesting like before even I'm okay with the the protesting of the marching of this and I was okay with the protesting for for opening up the businesses but I did not like it's never a good look when you do see those confederate flags like when they're bringing the confederate flags and you're bringing you know you're distressing to the extreme you to them also can we just talk about how how are they so appalled that we're burning things down when uh, the KKK has like a long history yeah. of burning buildings, churches, sure, and and put people in them. Like they right. didn't even like. So it's just like uh, Tamika. What is her last name? Is it Tamika Rice? I think her last name. I don't want to get her last name wrong, but she's like an activist that's that's been speaking yeah. out, and she has like this really uh, video that's gone viral yeah. where she's talking about uh, the need for change, obviously. But she said that violence is something that we learned from, right. oh, it's starting to rain. Uh, she's like, right. violence is something that uh, is learned uh, and it was taught to us by you guys. So if you want us to, to do better, you have to do better. Yeah. And I felt that on such a deeper level because it's like, yeah, like I think, but I think everybody needs to do better, not just like white people, black people need to do better. And I think, because uh, I guess we should probably wrap up because it's lots of four down. Okay. I'll yeah, more questions. Say, um, one thing. Oh, you want to ask? Me no, first. go ahead. I was gonna. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk the movie Get Out. I loved the movie for all the reasons I think Jordan Peele loved the movie. But I don't know. What did you think? Uh, oh, I loved the movie, and I thought that it tackled on so many different um, issues of interracial rela- relationships and intent. And yeah. I think um, it really kind of talked about like malicious intent. Yeah. Uh, but if you actually really truly think about it, um they wanted to be black 
Right. They all wanted the genes and they wanted, you know, like our bodies because we were so physically fit. And it really leaned on exactly what we were talking about this entire time where people want to be black, but they don't want to be black. Right. Um, like, I think that our athleticism, you see all of the athletes here that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, the only thing I, I'm upset about and I think he shed light on is that black people truly are exploited. Um, yeah. for, and have been throughout all of slavery. The only thing that you guys can see is for is our physical group strength and our fat, our, our, our singing abilities and, and our skills. And you don't ever actually take the time to get to know us, but I will yeah, say that's there are cool when we find those, that's like when we find those like important, like pundits on TV that are like mm-hmm. strong and intelligent and of color. I think that it's great because it, whatever can shatter narratives and stereotypes mm-hmm. is amazing. Yep. And yeah. to let and to let those stereotypes happen and not like be quick to cancel something. Yeah. That's the thing. Language is like has gained so much traction since social media has taken the come to the forefront mm-hmm. to where it's a shame. Cause, you know, what about ideas? What about like putting a putting something there? That's what we need. Like, God, we gotta like put put the principles there and put put the reform and the justice and all that stuff there. What, what I like or what I wish um, would happen more of, and I know for me, I've done a lot of internships. So a lot of the internships I did were to di- diversify a specific area that was typically a white space. Yeah. Um, and so the goal was to like have us come in and join and kind of learn that yeah. all of our cultures and all of our viewpoints can truly help each other. And I think that that's what, you know, it's so beautiful when we have like such good cohesion and good diversity. Everybody has a specific viewpoint on something and everybody has something that they can gain and learn from each other. And, and, and like, all we want is a chance to like show that, you yeah. know, show that we are worthy, show that, you know, we are worth something more than what you think we are. So yeah, yeah. like, I definitely it, look at that, but I think awesome. my, <laughs> you got to go. So you're, so it's raining now where you are. Yeah, it is. I was just going to finish by saying something yes. that I think they've been saying on, on the media um, with the call to action. I think that what I would like um, a lot of uh, my friends uh, and maybe you and, and, yeah. and people, white people is to, behind closed doors, start speaking up and telling people, you know, hey, don't do that. Like, that's, that's racist. Like that, like, because people, we don't see it as much unless it's like, disrespectful disrespectful but i'm sure you have that uncle that cousin that and you don't want the pot but if more people were able to like try to unteach these hateful things i think that we would really be progressing along and i think we have i know that there are a lot of people who are um so if we can continue to do that i think we could be on our road to recovery yeah definitely Oh, right. This was an amazing first conversation between us, Princess. Definitely. I know. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, this was excellent. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll tell the world. Um, so I, I get, this was a great conversation. So I won't, I won't segue to be like, so what do you recommend on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, honestly, um, the hate you give, I don't think it's on Netflix though. The hate you give, I think it's on HBO. Oh. Um, there was this movie, um, it's a documentary about, um, I'll give you a list. I'm going to have to give you a yeah. list um, so that I get the titles. But, I don't want to butcher them. And Dear is there White. anything you want to promote from yourself or anything like we should check out if I have people watching this? Like, so Princess oh, says, sure. check this out. Do we, do we go, is there anything of you personally you want to promote or 
or Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm actually in the process of curating my own podcast uh, oh. called Pardon My Sh- uh, and it's going to be a podcast talking about uh, everything under the sun, music, politics, and kind of like um, the inner city, inner thoughts of being a black girl in New York City. So Very nice. If anyone's interested in that, uh, it should be launching by June 30th. Uh, so it's uh, pardon underscore my underscore SHH. Uh, and once it's up and running on Instagram, you guys can definitely follow me and check me out. Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah. And also, I'll get your social media after this. Um, cool. Well, this was awesome. Thank, thanks for coming on the podcast. You well, are thank you for having me, Evan. I appreciate it. Excellent. Glad we got to do this with trees in the background. I know. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Boom. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. We'll take it easy. All right. Want to thank Princess Serrano for coming on the podcast. Uh, true pleasure to have her on. And it was probably the fullest discussion I've ever had uh, with anyone uh, on race and just you know perceptions and and covert racism, overt racism, all of that. So I definitely got a lot out of talking with her. Hopefully uh, you guys did as well. And maybe there you, you found some ways, maybe uh, you can make a change in, in what you're seeing out there right now. Um, thanks to what we uh, were talking about in the interview. Um, so once again, if you like these interviews, um, you can go to awkwardwithevan.com for all the old interviews, or you can subscribe on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Um, I have another one in the can. If it's who I think it is, I'm going to be going north of the border for my next Facebook friend. But, you know, I have like four and a half thousand ish Facebook friends, and I've only done a hundred of them. So this will be my life's work. <laughs> this is, this will be on my tombstone. And, uh, good man, husband, son, father, uh, interviewed all his Facebook friends. So, having said that, I hope you guys are doing well. Stay safe, stay inside if you can. And uh, take care of yourselves, but of course, stay awkward, because I will. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.